This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, we're talking about pricing. Pricing is complicated. I'm just going to be honest here. I get so many questions about how to appropriately price your products and services, especially when first starting out. And I mean, I usually flip people a couple of links and do what I can to help and sort of talk things out with them. But this is honestly just one of those topics that deserves way more attention than just a two minute chat. Hence the podcast. That's the whole reason that I created this show is because a lot of this stuff really just needs to be talked out. So let's do that. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh so rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. And okay, before I get started, let me also say that there are several different schools of thought on this. And like most things in business, there is really no textbook right or wrong way to do this. You kind of got to go with your gut for so much in business. But since this podcast is all about learning and growing together, I'm going to share with you what's worked for me and probably a few things that didn't work so well too, because that always helps as well. Okay, so here's the thing. When they're first starting out, most people, myself included, price according to a few things, what everyone else is doing um, or what their client wants, and they just totally cave under pressure. I don't want you to think about what everyone else is doing, definitely not, and especially not at first. Comparing yourself to others is going to be something that we cover a lot throughout this season because it's a huge mistake that most new business owners do make. Don't get me wrong, I definitely take the competition into consideration to some extent, but that's not my starting point, and it probably shouldn't be yours either. Here's what I do want you to think about. The first thing that you should think about is ultimately just what you want your income to be, quite simply. Like I said, a lot of people price their products according to what their peers are doing or what their competitors are doing, but at the end of the day, we don't know how much our peers or competitors are actually taking home in a paycheck. There is so many different things that goes into somebody's business revenue that you might not even see on the surface um, or on their pricing page or even just by word of mouth. Um, It's really hard to actually know what your competitors are making. So I want you to think about you and put your blinders on and think about what you want your life to look like, what you want your income to look like. That's the most important thing and the only thing that really directly affects you, right? So determining a realistic goal for your annual income is going to help you take freelancing from a fun little hobby to an actual legitimate revenue stream, a business, uh, and you know, a career path. That's, That's the difference. 
to me, when I think of, you know, just somebody who freelances or dabbles or whatever, you know, that's just somebody who's taking home a couple extra bucks to sort of fuel their creative fire and maybe buy a camera or, you know, do whatever you want to do with it. But when I think of a small business owner, a full-time freelancer, or even just a side hustler who was really doing it right and running a legitimate business on the side, that's somebody who actually is making an income from it. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a full-time income. That's not what I mean necessarily, but it's an income. It's an income that they can count on. It's, uh, you know, consistent clients, long-term clients, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to list in the show notes a link that I found really, really helpful. It's actually linked to a journalist's website. I have no idea where I even found that link, to be honest, but it's a little calculator that lets you plug in all of your different business expenses in and determine a salary for yourself. And it actually helps you understand how much money that you need to make. So I'm going to walk you through it. Again, the link is in the show notes, but this is kind of what it tells you. So as I'm sure that you already understand, revenue and profit are not the same thing. So let's just say hypothetically that I want to take home $80,000 a year before taxes. Now, I'm going to pretend that freelancing is the only thing that I do and I don't have a full-time job. Maybe I don't have my YouTube channel, whatever. No, No extra income, just freelancing money that I need to make from clients. If you do have anything like that, which, you know, I do have other revenue streams besides just freelancing, you'll want to also add your salary or any additional revenue streams that you have into that equation. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm just doing freelancing. So for this example, let's just say that I want to take home $80,000 a year, like I said. Let's pretend that my total expenses to actually run my business, which would include a number of things that a lot of people forget about, like internet, computers, cameras, office space, whether that's a home office, a co-working space, brick and mortar business, uh, or really any other office type, mobile office, office boat, I don't know. Uh, It's also going to include advertising fees, legal fees, all of that stuff. So let's say that everything total ends up being $25,000. And I'm totally making up numbers right now. I feel like that's not enough. Who knows? I don't know. But according to those calculations, I would need to make a total of a little over $100,000 a year. It looks like about $105,000 per year. And that $105,000 is what I would need to be able to pay myself the salary of $80,000 and pay all of my business expenses. So then what you do with that number, the hundred and five, is... I would break it up into 12 because most of my contracts for my clients are typically monthly retainers, monthly contracts. So $105,000 divided by 12 equals out to be about $8,800 or $8,750 to be exact. So that would mean that that is the exact amount I need to make every single month to make up my desired salary. Now, what you do with that number is you'll need to take your cost that you have in mind for whatever your product or services are. So let's just pretend that I'm selling social media plans and I was thinking about pricing a monthly social media plan at $500. So you'll want to divide $8,800 by 500 to see how many clients you would need to actually service every single month to make up your desired annual salary. I know there's a lot of math here and that's not my strong suit either. So don't worry, this part is ending soon, but it's important. Um, So going off of that number, I would need to take between 17 and 18 clients every single month to make that number, to make that $8,800 monthly goal and ultimately the $80,000 annual salary that I want to make. 
So from there, you can kind of play around with that number. You know, you might realize, wow, 17 or 18 clients is an awful lot to take every single month. And, you know, either you're going to need to include a freelancer or an employee into that ex- those expenses and expand your budget a little bit and get some help. Or you're going to need to knock your price up a little bit. So go ahead and move that needle and change things around a little bit. And let's just say, you know, if I if I up that price by $200 or $100, you know, just play around with things. See what it would look like if you double things. Um, and, you know, so just see what makes sense to you and what seems fair to you. So for this example, even just moving that price up by about $250 brings the total amount of clients that I need to service down to about 12 12 and 18 are drastically different when it comes to workload. And while I'm still not necessarily recommending that you take 12 clients 100% on your own, that's that's still an awful lot. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's a lot more reasonable than nearly 20. And while $250 per client may sound like a lot to you, it actually might not be as big of a deal breaker as you'd like to think. Now, the reason that this process matters is because, as I mentioned before, a lot of people price their products or services just based off of whim or based off of kind of an initial need. You know, I need to make $500 to pay my rent this month. So you just take a client for $500 without thinking long term. But if you're looking to make freelancing and small business a part of your long term financial and life strategy, Whether you want to do it full-time or you want to make it an impactful addition to your salary or your other revenue streams that you have going on, you know, you really, really need to think big picture. Just an example of this, you know, sometimes I'll get an offer from a potential sponsor for my YouTube channel or even an offer from, from a potential client and... Again, it'll be that one of those times when it's like, okay, it's the holiday time. So an extra 500 bucks in November or December would be really nice to buy presents with and, you know, food and all that stuff. So while it may sound amazing at the time, I mean, who doesn't need an extra 500 bucks at any given day of the week, right? But I always try to think about longevity when I accept or reject those kind of offers because if I sign a client for $500 and do the math, that's not going to get me to where I want to be long term. You know, if this is like a one-off project, that's a totally different thing. But just just think think long term, you know, think about how it's going to impact your income long term. And if you're actually going to be able to have a repeat client with that customer, or if this is just going to be a quick 500 bucks and end up being a lot of work and a lot of effort for you for something that doesn't really end up paying off. Another reason that I like to bring this up is because we often don't think about the expenses that it costs to actually run our businesses. I know that I didn't, especially when I first started out, and I think that I really kind of gypped myself out of a lot of money, to be completely honest, because paying for all the different equipment and tools and resources that we use to be successful and to be the best that we can be for our clients, it costs a lot of money, honestly. Just a couple of examples of the kinds of expenses that I have every single month for my business. You know, I pay for the best internet that's offered in my city. It's a lightning speed rocket fiber internet, and it is not cheap. I also make sure that I update my computers, um, and I also have multiple backup computers just in case something goes wrong. Because, you know, unlike a traditional employer... If my computer breaks, I can't just send it off to IT and get it fixed. Like, it doesn't work that way. I need to have backups, and my clients don't care why I'm not online. They just care that I'm not online. So I need to make sure that I have plenty of backups and extra resources available whenever I need them. 
I pay for unlimited data on my cell phone, which enables me to stay connected at all times and monitor you know, people's social media accounts, even when I'm on the go or in a remote area of Michigan that doesn't have Wi-Fi. And I pay for so many different social media tools and resources, social media management tool that I use, a bunch of different scheduling tools that I use, influencer marketing tools. And then there's like my web presence and all of that. Squarespace actually hosts my website. And then, you know, I think about all of the marketing that you do to actually find those clients. Facebook ads and paper marketing, business cards, events, all of that stuff. Um, And let's not even get started on training and conferences and any kind of travel because that adds up quick and it's really important. You know, once you get to a certain point in your business, I definitely encourage you to attend conferences, attend trainings, learn about your industry. Because it really, it's for your client. Like a lot of people think, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I get to go travel and go to a social media conference. But it's, it's not like, yeah, obviously it's fun for me, but it's for my clients. It makes me a better social media manager. So those are all necessary expenses if you ask me. And it's just a lot. At the end of the day, you know, what's the point of paying for all that stuff and taking all the time to learn these tools and to travel to these places and do all this stuff if we're not even breaking even or we're not even making at the end of the day, we're only making a hundred bucks after expenses. And then again, don't forget about taxes. So it's easy to forget about all of those little expenses that totally doesn't even scratch the surface to be completely honest. But I like to remind people to actually sit down with their budget and hash things out, balance things out in between the amount of money that you're actually receiving. The next thing that I want you to think about is how valuable and how much time this piece of content or, you know, this piece of work, this project is actually going to take you or um, to create or to do or to facilitate. Now, how we discuss this really depends, obviously, on what you're selling, but of course, I'm going to use myself as an example. So I sell social media packages, as well as individualized trainings and online courses. I do coaching and consulting on a one-on-one basis and content marketing and all of that. So I kind of do a lot of different things, but the thing about that is that, you know, each of those things takes a totally different time investment and resource investment. They each carry a different value. And so you really need to do a little bit of research and also just think about it from a personal perspective and decide sort of how much your time is worth, if you will. So here's the key thing. If you don't remember anything else from this episode, I want you to listen closely. I feel like I should like make some noise to like wake those of you up that fell asleep. But seriously, listen to this, please. I do not ever charge hourly for my services. It just becomes a huge mess, believe me. Almost any long-term freelancer will tell you that it just becomes a huge mess. It's not fun for, for you or for the client. And I definitely do not do that. But at the end of the day, I do have a number in my head for how much my time is worth per hour. And this is approximate and it flexes a little bit. I'm gonna talk about what I mean by that. But I know, you know, just again, I'm throwing out numbers here. I probably wouldn't do much work for $5 an hour. You know, I have a certain kind of threshold that I would say I would consider doing work for this hourly range. So when I'm quoting a client for a project, I like to keep that number in the back of my head. 
Here's an example for you. If a beauty brand that I use every single day and that I adore comes to me and wants to, you know, work on a social media strategy and some community management for a few months, because I'm already familiar with their product, because I probably already have a million pictures of the product on my phone already, because I'm super knowledgeable about it and influencers in this space and branding and messaging and all of that. I'm totally familiar with the product, the key benefits, all the key messaging. You know, it's probably not going to take me a ton of time to actually create a social media plan for them. It's going to be fairly easy and honestly, really fun. However, if a, I don't know, CRM software company comes to me, which I have worked with before, uh, and it was interesting. I now know what a CRM software is, but at the time I was clueless, so that was interesting. Um, let's say that I honestly have no idea what they do, don't really understand their business, I don't know anything about their influencers or key leaders in the industry, nothing like that. So That's going to take me so much time just to find articles to post for them or just to develop the tone and voice of their content. So even if both of those brands are asking me for the exact same social media plan, I'm likely going to charge one more than the other. And this is not unheard of. This is not unethical by any means. It's just business. If you know, you need to think realistically. And if it's going to take me one hour a week to write a lipstick brand social media plan and six hours or eight hours or probably more, let's be honest, uh, for an IT company or a CRM software, it's only logical that I'm going to charge a little bit more for the second one. And you also want to think about value here. And honestly, this is sort of a loaded question, but how valuable is whatever it is that you're selling? For me, social media plans are just words, right? Like it's just everyday stuff for me. I I deal with it every day. I love it. I've been using it for my whole life pretty much. Okay, that's an exaggeration. I'm not that young, but they're not anything super unique or life altering. But to a business who doesn't have a social media account at all, or maybe they have accounts, but they don't have a strategy developed or they just haven't seen a good return. They don't really see the value of social. It can actually be kind of earth shattering for them and for their business. And while I do what I do because I love it, you know, I love helping small businesses find their voice online. That's part of the reason that I wanted to create this podcast is I wanted to help develop more community and help help people a little bit more. But, you know, I also have to realize the impact that I'm delivering these small businesses when I work with them on a client basis and that I could be increasing their sales by 30, 40, 50, 60%, you know, that's not unheard of. And it's not something that I haven't done before. So depending on what they're selling and what their price point is, I could be helping them achieve huge financial success. Again, more power to them. That's amazing. They're the ones who created the amazing product that they're working on or deliver the amazing services that I'm helping them market. But at the end of the day, you should still be credited to some extent for the value that you're delivering. On the other hand, if you are launching something that is a complete game changer and is sort of an outlier or something that isn't really around yet, you sort of have the ability to charge a little bit higher than something that's just sort of average. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but if you're new here, you might not know this yet. I'm actually launching this show with no paid sponsorships. So since I'm not giving my airtime to the man, I'm giving it to me. 
Make sure to stop by my resources page and claim 20% off my freelance social media manager and money-making micro-influencer courses just for being a listener. These courses are self-paced, yours forever, and handcrafted, especially by moi. Not only do I offer secret insights that I don't even share here on the show, but they also include tons of PDFs and worksheets that will help you get your freelancing wheels a-turnin'. Use the code FREEFRYPOD, all one word, at ajourneyeast.com slash resources. The link is in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. Let's say I'm creating an online course and it's all about something that is super specialized, like, I don't know, creating a podcast on freelance marketing. Now, I'm sure that there actually are online courses about this. If you know of any, let me know because I could probably use some help. (laughs) But let's just pretend that I was the only one in the entire world. And just for the record, that's not something that I'm creating. This is an example. No earth shattering news here. But let's say that I am creating that and that I'm the only one or at least that I know of. You know, I could probably get away with charging quite a pretty penny for that, as opposed to writing a course on, let's say, Facebook ads, which there are probably about a million in five of those out there right now. It's a little bit harder to charge a premium for a course like that because it's so saturated. And hear me out. I'm not saying that it's not possible And I'm not trying to discourage you from writing a course about Facebook ads because they're still necessary and obviously people are taking them. I mean, I wrote a course about freelance social media management, which I think there's probably a million of those out there too. And it performed really well. So what I am saying though, is that you're not gonna be able to price your Facebook ad course the same way that you would be able to a super niche course about something that no one has ever done before. Okay, and here's the thing that I told you not to think about at the beginning of this podcast, the competition. It is important to take into some account what the competitioner is doing or, you know, at least I personally do. But like I said in the beginning, I don't let this be my end-all be-all or even my starting point when it comes to my pricing. If I priced just based on what the competition was doing, honestly, I wouldn't make any money. And (laughs) there's a lot of reasons for that. Honestly, a lot of people that I've seen on the internet that actually display their pricing for social media services, similar to what I do, uh, you know, they do things like sell social media plans for $99 a month or $200 a month or something like that. I mean, just being frank with you guys, I wouldn't even be able to break even after adding up all of my expenses and all of that. And I'm not saying that those people's business plans are completely wrong because first of all, what do I know? This podcast is all about educating each other and learning together. And also because I have friends who actually have pricing strategies similar to that, like $99 social media plans and things like that. And they actually do really, really well in their businesses and in their personal lives, but they just have a completely different approach to social and they have teams and, you know, they have, they do really well, but it's, it's just totally different from what I do, which is a boutique, small, organic, personalized plan. For me personally, I also don't ever want to have to take 20 or 30 clients a month just to break even or to make the desired salary that I want to make in life. That's just not fun for me. That's not how I work. I'm, I'm more about quality over quantity. And again, I'm not saying that these people don't deliver quality as well. I have friends who just have a huge team and they're able to, you know, really, really work it. I'm not that person. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I do look at what the competition is doing and I try to figure out different little ways that I can kind of get into that community to some extent. 
I mean, I try to offer one-off kind of training sessions instead that may cost a little bit more than a monthly plan would, but they're, they're aimed more at those kind of lower budgeted clients because it's something that they can take and run with and not hire me on a month to month basis. I do free work resources all the time for people, free online courses aimed at business owners, things like that, just to kind of get in the space and to make myself available to them. I also opened up consulting calls on my website so people can just book an hour with me if they just want to sort of pick my brain for an hour. It's under a hundred bucks for them to do. So these are all things that I have done thinking about the lower price point. But I also realized that the people who are buying a $99 social media plan, and again, this is nothing against them. This is nothing against people who offer those, but they're just a different customer than the ones that come to my business, James and Park, for social media. I'm just saying that they're completely different customers with completely different needs. And that's why it's important to know who your customer is and develop a buyer persona and go through all that and really, you know, market and price based on who your buyer is and who you're advertising to. I don't advertise to brand new businesses with shoestring budgets. I advertise to small businesses and personal brands that are established somewhat, at least in their business, maybe not marketing side, but in their business, and that have brands that I like and that might have some kind of a marketing budget, but just might not be using it the right way or might not be investing in social yet. Or, you know, maybe they have invested in social and it just didn't go very well. So I'm, I'm observing and I'm seeing that doesn't look like things are going too hot. So let me kind of come in and and move things around for you. Whatever the case, they're not people who have only $99 to spare typically. And that's okay. There's room for all of us. There's nothing wrong with any pricing strategy that you decide to go after. But for me personally, I really like to focus on a few core clients and long-term clients and price them at a rate that's going to cover me doing extra things like a video campaign here and there or even you know doing an on-site visit now and again or taking original photography for them and not me feeling like I'm being taken advantage of because they're only paying me $99 when I honestly wouldn't even give someone a photo for $99. I don't think I'm alone in that. I really like to do extra things for my clients once in a while just to be a good partner in their business. I like to take them out to dinner. Sometimes I like to just surprise them with a really cool, like I said, like a video campaign and add something fun and fresh to their plan that they didn't necessarily pay for. Because while I would charge a la carte for a video, you know, somebody else, like I like to just throw in extra little things, buy gifts at the end of the year. If I'm, if I'm only getting $99 a month from somebody, I don't have the budget to do those extra little freebies or to do those extra fun things. And I find that if you're not charging enough and if you get kind of talked down, because believe me, I've been there so many times, it's still hard to this day. The pricing and contracting portion of my job is still my least favorite part of my job. I don't think it's ever going to come naturally. And I will have an episode all about that, about the ugly side of money coming up on this podcast. So make sure to stay tuned um, in the coming weeks for that. But I've definitely been in that situation where I felt kind of cheated out of money, if you will. And I still do the work. And I'm not the kind of person who can do anything, sorry to be frank, but half-assed. Like, I do things all the way. So whether someone's paying me $99 or $9,090, I'm not going to say I'm going to do the same quality of work, but I'm still going to do a really, really good quality of work. 
And I end up feeling really resentful of that client who really talked me down. And I feel like, like I said, sort of cheated me out of money because I'm working night and day to try to make some magic for them. And it's hard for me to just turn off and just do $99 work, if you will. So really recommend asking what you deserve and really fighting for what you deserve too, because again, you know, it just, it just causes a lot of chaos I've found and a lot of resentment and nobody wants to feel like they resent their clients. I really strive to love my clients and feel a closeness with them and feel a relationship with them and learn from them. You know, these are people who are also business owners and there's so much that you can learn from other business owners, whether they're in your industry or not. So I try to make it feel as much like a partnership as I can. And it's hard to do that when you feel sort of cheated out of something. So that's the route that I choose to go down. But whatever you choose to do is obviously, you know, up to you. Now, one thing that I do actively observe about competition is how they actually display their pricing. Because, okay, to be completely honest with you, I'm actually pretty torn on this, whether it's a good idea to display it on your website or not. And I'll tell you why I don't have it on my website, but also why the argument to put it on your website is so, so valid too. So first, the reason that I don't list my pricing on my website, okay, well, there's actually a few reasons. Number one is that my pricing varies, like I mentioned earlier. Client to client, you're going to be charged differently, probably. I'm also going to price your services differently depending on how many social media platforms you have or on if your social media platforms are already created yet. You know, do I need to go out and secure handles for you? Do I need to start up things? Do I need to do some consulting on what platforms you should be on? Those are all additional resources and time. I mean, I'm going to charge you differently if you want paid advertisements. That's a big thing. Do you want to do paid or are you looking for a totally organic plan? Am I going to have to be managing ads for you? Going to have to charge that differently, especially because of how Facebook ads platform is set up. I have to have a credit card on file with them and it's important to make sure that I have the funds to cover that, right? Um, I'm going to be also charging you differently if I need to purge some negativity that your old social media manager did, like buying followers or getting you fake engagement. That's a lot of work. You actually need to go in and manually ban people sometimes if they're like fake followers or bots. Um, it's a really manual process. So there's a lot of work that you have to do for that kind of thing. I'm going to charge you differently based on the number of meetings that you want to have every week, every month, every year. And a lot of people argue, just charge like a few packages, create a few packages and call it a day. You know, there's, they get two social media platforms for the lower tier and then there's somewhere in the middle and then there's a package that kind of gets the whole shebang. They get like every social media platform they want. They get multiple posts a day. They get a meeting every week or every day. Um, They get reporting every week. But the reason why I think it's really, really important, at least for service-based companies like mine, I think it's really important to give your customer what they need. My clients are busy and some of them don't want to hear from me every single week. A lot of them just like to kind of give me the keys and let me do my thing. They don't want to be hounded by me or get reporting every week that they don't fully understand. And they don't want to understand it. Some of them don't. And that's okay. Just like I don't want to understand... I don't know, gardening tools or whatever. Like that's not, if, if I can just hire a gardener to do it for me and they do a good job, that's all I need to know. I don't need to know like all the fertilizer that you, they use and exactly how many times they water things and what country this plant came from. Like, I don't need to know. I just want my lawn to look good, right? Some of my clients 
are really hands-on and they do want that and they do really want constant communication and they also want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of the brainstorming process and a part of the content creation process and all that. Those are two totally different clients and I have both of them. I have businesses that are 24 seven and that's another thing that goes into it. Do I need to be kind of on call all the time? Are you a high risk sort of business where you have a lot of um, kind of crisis posts and sensitive information going out that I need to watch for all the time? Or is it the kind of business where I can schedule my content, check in a couple times a day and sort of sign off like a nine to five? It's a lot. I'm like getting exhausted talking about it because there's so much that goes into it. And because there is no one size fits all pricing for every single client that comes to me, that is why there's no pricing displayed on the website. Now, I'd be lying to you if I said that that was the only reason I don't put the pricing on the website. There was a point in time when I did have a flat fee for hiring me as a social media manager. Um, I don't remember what that was, probably like a couple hundred bucks. It was just like, hey, I'm your social media manager. Hire me and we'll figure it out together. Those days are thankfully long gone. (laughs) But, you know, it was a little bit less complicated, I guess. I could just give someone a number. I get Instagram, specifically on Instagram. I don't know why, but I get DMs all the time. That's like, how much do you charge? And people have to understand that I have to know a little bit about them. Even to, you know, my business emails, I still get that all the time. People just asking really direct, how much does this cost? I want to start today. And I I have to have a call with you or at least a couple of good emails back and forth. I have to know what your website is. I have to know a little bit to give you a fair quote just because I I don't want to undersell either of us and I don't want to charge you too high. And there's just so much. So yeah, I didn't, I don't feel like it was really the best strategy, but there was a day. And on that day, I still did not keep my pricing listed on my website. I find that getting in there and having a connection with a client or a potential client is so important, even if they don't make a sale. Really, my major concern is getting a client to a meeting or to a discovery call because I'm confident in my business and in my services. And I know that if they don't bite the bullet and purchase a social media package from me today, they will, whether it's six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, whatever the case, I know that as long as I get a chance to talk to these people and uncover their needs and really relate to them and dive in there, they'll be fans and friends of my business. Now, I know that's a really optimistic way of thinking, but what can I say? That's the kind of person I am, I guess, when it comes to business for sure. But seriously, it's really important to have some face-to-face or phone-to-phone time with your customer. I can't stress that enough. My goal is to get them on a call or to get them, like I said, for on a couple of good email threads back and forth because I hate to say it. I guess I don't know why I hate to say it. There's nothing wrong with saying this, but people buy from people that they like. So I could say I got you for a hundred bucks and I could be really rude and really mean and not sound very knowledgeable and somebody will still say no and come back to me. And that happens to me all the time. It goes, you know, the old adage is true. If you love them, let them go. It's so cheesy. I've reached a cheesy point in the podcast. But seriously, I've had clients or potential clients that are like, you're just too expensive. I I can't do it. And I'm like, that's fine. Do what you got to do. I'll be here if you need, um, you know, if something doesn't work out. And they go to one of these cheaper agencies or or even to a, a, a agency that's still similarly expensive or even more expensive, but they're like a huge agency and they don't get that one-on-one connection. 
and they always come back and they're like, man, you told me so. And that's just something that happens. I've had people get quoted and ghost me for months and months and months and come back. I've had people do that and come back after like a year or two and realize that they just didn't like the service that they got somewhere else and that they really liked me as a person that they really connected to me and that they wanted to work with me. Of course, this doesn't always happen. I've definitely had people who just say I'm too expensive. And and believe me, you guys, I'm not the most expensive out there. I hear some people and what they charge and I'm like, wow, goals, hashtag goals. Hopefully I'll get some of those guys on the show too. But, you know, it really is about the connection. It's about the conversation. That's the most important thing to me. And if I have a good intro call with somebody or a discovery call rather, I feel good whether they say yes or whether they say no. They get to know me. They get to feel if they're a fit for me. And if they really are attracted to my business, they're going to come back. That's my thought on it anyway. So that's a very long-winded answer to why I don't display my pricing on the website. But there's definitely an argument for doing it. I mean, I think about how I am as a consumer. I do this all the time and it's crazy because even as somebody who is in this online business world and has a service-based business... I still, whenever I'm going to, I don't know, I was just looking online for um, an accountant who specializes in creative entrepreneurship recently. And that was like the first thing that I did. I'm like, where's their pricing? Like how much does a monthly package with them cost? How much does an intro call cost with them? And it's like, why am I doing this? Because I even have a business (laughs) who doesn't display pricing. So you got to think of it from that perspective as well. And it definitely is an argument that I think is worth having. I'm interested in hearing if you guys display your pricing on your websites or if you've gotten that far yet. Um, If you do or if you don't, let me know what you guys think. Use the hashtag FreelanceFridayPod and you can also tweet me on my at handle, which is a journey east. And let me know what you guys think because I feel like there's really good arguments back and forth. I mean, as I was saying, I look for pricing almost first for like anything that I'm buying ever. And I'm just kind of cheap. And it's, I don't know, it's not even that I'm cheap though, because if something's expensive, that's fine. But I just kind of like to know what the conversation is going to sound like. I don't want to go to somebody and have plans to spend $200 a month on an accountant when they charge $1,200. Let's just say that sounds really expensive. I don't know. But Um, You know, I want to know what to be able to expect and see if I really can afford them because I don't want to waste their time either. And I've been there. I've been on calls with people, business coaches and, you know, whatever. And I just, I'm sorry, I can't justify spending that much money. And I I feel bad because they'll do a free intro call with me and I feel guilty because they've wasted their time and I've wasted my time. And what did we get out of that? So definitely, definitely some validity to displaying pricing. I don't really know what the answer is, but I, I still lean more towards just getting them on on the on the on the phone with you. The other thing about getting them on a call is that it kind of weeds out the casual just looking kind of people. Frankly, I don't have the time or the resources. It's just me and an assistant and some people who I I help who I have helped me on a freelance basis once in a while, but for the most part it's me. And I just don't have the time to email full detailed quotes to people who aren't really serious. I like to get them on the phone and get them get them into a conversation so that I can really get to know them and that they can make sure that this is a really good fit for them too. The people who are going to pick up the phone and call me or type up an email for me or fill out a form on my website, they're typically somebody who's really serious and they really need somebody. They're not just somebody like playing around on the internet. So that's where I stand with it. But like I said, I'm interested to hear where you guys do. 
And that's all I have for you. I do have an episode coming up that's going to kind of be an expansion on this and talk about, like I said, the ugly side of money and contracts and kind of negotiating and all of that stuff. But in the meantime, I hope that I gave you some tips that are helpful for you. I'm going to leave everything that I mentioned, any kind of tools or resources in the show notes. And I look forward to hearing what you guys think about pricing. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.